Welcome in to another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Sidhu, with the Deep Slant Podcast, presented by Xfinity. And every week we bring you a player from the locker room, straight from the locker room, and we bring you a writer or someone covering the opposing team. And this Sunday, the Texans take on the Atlanta Falcons at home. It is Founders Day. It's the Ring of Honor ceremony. There's a lot that's going to be happening during the game as the Texans honor Bob McNair, 20 years to the day after the NFL awarded the franchise to Houston. So it should be such a special day. And uh, this is a great podcast. We've got Carlos Hyde running back for the Houston Texans. We've got D. Orlando Ledbetter. He is the uh, beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and he's been covering the team for a number of years. We'll get his thoughts on why the Falcons are one in three and uh, what has been ailing them so far and what they look to see Sunday against the Houston Texans. But first, this podcast is presented by Xfinity and uh, intercept your threats to your Wi-Fi network with Xfinity XFi Advanced Security. Stream the Texans all season long on every in-home device. If it's connected, you're protected. This is Beyond Wi-Fi. This is XFi. Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans, and proud sponsor of this podcast as well. So let's get right into it. Carlos Hyde, the Texans traded for him. He was in Kansas City. He ends up in Houston. He's been so productive through the first four games of the season. That first game, he actually set a record for yards rushing uh, per carry, and uh, he's just a lot of fun to watch on the field. Didn't really get a chance to get to know him too well off the field, but I had a chance to sit down for quite a lengthy interview just talking about everything, the last year, being a dad, what it's like playing here, and uh, how much he's learned, how much he's had to learn, how hard was the transition, or easy for that matter, and uh, also a celebrity that called him after his very first NFL touchdown. So let's get right into it. It's Carlos Hyde on the Deep Slant Podcast. I've heard your teammates call you Los. You go by El Guapo. You got like a lot of different nicknames. One more. Seahawk. My coach, my uh, high school coach called me Seahide. Seahide. You got this like Spanish theme going on with your nicknames. I was looking at some of your Instagram. You, Your captions are even in Spanish too. Some of them. Yeah. Is that because you're El Guapo or was that before El Guapo? Uh, kind of both. Kind of both. But I know, I know a lot of Spanish. You know a little Spanish? Yeah, I learned some words. You did? Yeah. Where did you learn Spanish? Just, uh... <laughs> Just like along the way in life? Yeah, yeah, along the way, yeah. You've told the story about how you uh, came up with the El Guapo nickname. Yeah. So you basically, it was in college, right? You were at Ohio State and you are reading yeah. an article. Yeah. And, okay, so my question is this, because I've not heard you explain this. Why was somebody writing an article about you and calling you handsome? <laughs> it wasn't just, it wasn't just about me, though. It okay. was about... It was about other running backs too. They was giving running backs nicknames. Okay. And um, my nickname was El Guapo, but I don't think they was calling me El Guapo like just saying like he's handsome though. Okay. They was calling me El Guapo from the movie. There's a movie. Oh. And El Guapo is like a villain, so that's where they was calling me. I feel like Twitter is gonna get really mad at me for not knowing that. So you're like the villain in a movie. All right. You're also a dad. You had a baby last year, right? Is it true that you played in a Thursday night game and then went to the hospital and were there for your son being born? Is yeah. that true? Yeah. Well, I was actually at the hospital before the game. You were? You know, and I was trying to decide, do I want to stay for the baby or do I go <gasps> play the game? Um, yeah. So you made the decision a- and you went to the game. You had a great game too, right? Yeah. How did you do? Um, 
I did all right. I yeah. did enough to get us a win. You won. I feel like you scored a couple of touchdowns. Is that I right? I scored. Yeah, I scored. Okay. One, of them, one of the touchdowns got called back, but I scored. And then were you, throughout the game, nervous? Because you can't check your phone or anything. Because you have no, no idea what's my, happening, right? I had my phone on the sideline. You were allowed to? Yeah. <laughs> so you I wasn't you were allowed. In. I just... I, I I gave my phone to somebody and they told them to you know just just hold it you know just check on my phone and if something come up I'm gonna leave. You're gonna leave. Okay, yeah. so now you've got a son. He's not El Guap, Guapito or anything he like is. that. Is he, is he really? Yeah. Oh, I totally made that up. That's great. What yeah. do you like as a dad? What am I like? Yeah. What do you like? Um, I think I'm a cool dad. He's he's spoiled though. Is I'm he? Pretty, I give him whatever he wants. He's my, he's my first child, too. Of course. Though, so. Yeah, I understand that. And, um, you know, he's a baby, though. So, you know, I let him get his weight right now. But as he get older, though, he starts to realize he got to work for what he wants. Okay. But as a baby, he can have what he wants. Sure. He doesn't, yeah. He's just a baby. Yeah, he doesn't know. All right. The year that you've had has just been crazy. So, from week one last year, you've had a baby. Uh, to week one of this year, you've been with four different teams, right? Cleveland, Jacksonville, yeah. Kansas City, and then here. Yeah. What's what's that been like for you career-wise? Because you've you've been through a lot in your six years, but what's this whole last year been like for you? Uh, well, getting traded when I was in Cleveland to Jacksonville, that was unexpected. Um, that happened right before the Texans played <clears throat> Jacksonville, too, I remember. You were not playing in that game because yeah, it sort of I, happened during like, the week, so, right? Yeah, that was the week I got traded. We they was playing the Texans. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that was I wasn't I wasn't expecting that, you know. I was preparing for Tampa Bay that week, um, and then I got a phone call and I just got traded to Jacksonville. At the time, you know, I was just I was I was salty about it. I mean, I was down about it, and then, you know, I was like, I'm going to Florida, so I was kind of happy about that part. Sure. Um, and then I got the. Because you went to high school in Florida too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got my grandparents. I got my my uncle. They still live there, so I was excited for that part. But then I got there and I was like, <laughs> it was a lot of running backs in that room, right? Yeah, but it just I just it was a, it was confusion. You know, it was just I didn't know my role there. Yeah. It just to me it wasn't a happy place, so. You know, I was counting my days down to get out of there. So. so you did. So you go to Kansas City for, like, an off season. Yeah, then I go to Kansas City. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm thankful for my time in Kansas City. Because yeah. when I was in Kansas City, they it, it got me back into, you know, like, a real grind for football. It made me, you know, they, they, they got the best out of me there, pretty much. Why do know? you say that? The way they was working us. You know the way they work the running backs there. You know they, they they be on they be on the running backs. You know real hard there. You know it's not you can't just come in there and have a day off. You know you you gotta be on it. Um, so you know that prepared me um, for when I got here. Actually, you know when I got here, I was I was ready to go. You know I was like when I was in Kansas City, it wasn't like I was just you know going through the sure, motion. Sure, I was, you were working. Yeah, I was working. So when I came here, I was like. I'm ready to go, you know, tell me the plays I need to run, and, you know, I'm going to make them work. So. Yeah, you showed up, and I was talking to Kenny Stills about this, too. You guys showed up right before that week one game, that weekend before, and then you yeah. had really just that week to sort of prepare and get ready. But, you know, you were so productive in that first Monday night game. So yeah. did it feel pretty easy to sort of transition into the offense? What's it like for a running back to get used to a new offense? 
Well, you know, I've I've ran, you know, outside zone when we run here. I've I've ran it before, so I'm familiar with it. And um, I mean, pretty much all the plays we run here, I've ran before. So it's not like it's anything new to me. Right. Um, only thing that'd be new to me is the, um, the name, call, like the play call, like the name of the, the name of the play, the protection, something like that'd be new. But other than that, you know, everything else is the same. So it's a copycat league too, though. So it's not like you gonna be like. Oh, I've never heard of I've it. never done this like, run never, before, right? Yeah. It's the language. Probably, I would imagine, getting just getting around the city, too. You, you move to a new place. you got a new city. you got a new facility. Yeah, I'm still you not you got to get to know everybody. I'm still not familiar with the city. You still don't know your way around. It's only been a few weeks, though. Yeah. I know how to get to the facility in my place. And that's about it. That's about it. I know how to get to the Galleria, too. <laughs> that's important. That's yeah. important, getting to the Galleria. I yeah. agree. All right, so uh, you've been a lot of fun to watch. Like, everyone talks about your ability to break tackles and you're just a downhill runner and you sort of run angry. Is there someone that you watched growing up that you emulate your style after? Uh, I was a big Ricky Williams fan growing up. Oh, okay, Ricky Williams. Yeah, you know, back when he was back with the Dolphins doing his thing, Mm -hmm. you know. um, So I used to watch him a lot. I actually wore 34 because of him. You did? Okay. Yeah, so when I started my... Pop Warner football career, you know, I wore 34 all the way up until um, my first year in the league, actually. You said that you do a lot of different things. You run the ball. You want to catch the yeah. catch as well. Do you feel like you were starting to scratch the surface of everything that you can do in this offense? I know that it's still pretty early for you. You know, last week I got a chance to, you know, catch the ball. Yeah, you and, did. You know, it was like my first time since I've been here that I was, you know, I got to show my hands off a little bit. Um, when I was productive in the passing game. So, you know, I just think, you know, um, each week, though, we get to build. You know, each week they get to find out more what I can do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each week, you know, Deshaun get more confidence in what I can do. And now, I'm, you know, I'm going to be expecting him, you know, to might check it down to me. Like, now. I'm a receiver, so, too. Don't forget. Don't forget yeah, about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't think he's going to forget about me now, you know, after last week. So, <laughs> now he's like, I got more than just, you know, the re- receivers I can throw it to. I can throw it to the running backs now. So What's it been like getting to know Deshaun? Because you, you probably saw him from afar, right? I would imagine yeah. you've, you've seen what he can do. But what's he like when you actually get to work with him up close? You're in the huddle with him. Yeah, it's been it's been great working with Deshaun though. You know, I've I've enjoyed it. You know, he helps me out too in the run game because he's a threat to run the ball mm-hmm. also. So teams can't really just key in on me though. So it's helpful. You know, we work together and um he's a hell of a player too though. You know, he's he's an exciting guy to watch. Um he's a leader, you know, he's he's been doing a good job, you know. Right now we just we just need a click. You know, the passing game, the running game. And, and Get it all going. There, there's not many players in the league that can say they played for both Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Right. So uh, how, how do those t- – I mean, they were so highly sought after in that draft class. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes gets drafted one spot before Deshaun, and they, yeah. they're friends, they follow each other. But how, does, how do they compare when you see them? Obviously they're, they're different in their own way, but in a lot of ways they're pretty similar too, aren't they? Yeah, I mean they two young, exciting quarterbacks. You know, they they the the next the next big thing to uh, you know take over this this league. You know, you know Tom Brady. The next like, generation of quarterbacks, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, they two exciting guys. You know, to play and watch, to play with and watch. Like you said, I got to play with both of them. It was exciting though. 
you come here and Duke Johnson's here. He showed up maybe a few weeks before you. You played with him in Cleveland as well. You guys have that relationship. How yeah. nice has that been that you have someone in the running backs room that you've already had a relationship with before you got here? Yeah, that was cool uh, to come here and, um, you know, already have a relationship, you know, with a fellow running back, uh, Duke. Duke's been helpful too, though. You know, he's, he's uh, helped me, you know, learn the offense also, even though it was new to him too, though. But he kind of knew a He'd little more. He'd had a more. few more weeks on yeah, you. Yeah, about, about to say it, he, knew right? little, he knew a little more than <laughs> yeah. than what I've known. But he's he's definitely been helpful. He's another guy though. You know, he run downhill too though. You know, he get his pass down. He run he run over somebody too though. You lobby for more catches. Does he lobby for more runs? Do you guys kind of go back and because you guys are both you? I mean, you guys are great one two punch. So I, I just I just I just I don't I don't really care. You know, I just want to win. You know, just somehow, some way, just get the ball to whoever you need to get the ball to so we can win. You know, that's all I really care about. I don't really be lobbying for more runs or anything, more catches or nothing. I'm just, let's win. Your first game as a rookie in San Francisco, you won. It was Monday Night Football. You had a spin move for a touchdown. Yeah, is it true that uh, you got a call from LeBron James after the game? Yeah, my trainer, my trainer, David Alexander, um, him and LeBron, they're like best friends. And um, he called me. He was with LeBron at the time. So yeah, I talked to LeBron after the game. But I knew LeBron from college, though. You know, because you guys I was had back, that Ohio, the yeah, Ohio when connection. I was back at Ohio State, he used to come. You he know, knew you from Ohio State. Yeah, he used to come and uh, talk to us. So, you know, I was already familiar with LeBron. So you weren't like starstruck or anything nah, when he called you? You weren't? Nah, what nah. did he say to you? You were saying good game. Just a good game. Yeah, good game. <laughs> just like any other fellow athlete would tell you, good game. You know. I thought, up. like as a rookie, that's a big deal. You get the you get a touchdown on my name from a LeBron James. But if like, I was you know. if I never met LeBron, then I probably would have be been like. Oh, There's probably man, some veterans LeBron. in the locker room that it would be a big deal now. That yeah. he called him, and you're a rookie. Who? Okay, if you score like a winning touchdown, you have a big game now with the Texans. Who's a celebrity that you would be starstruck if they called you? No, I, I don't it's know. Because like, <laughs> I'll just be like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not I like a super, I'm not like a, like, like, you know, some people are like a diehard fan when they see like certain people. Like, yeah, that's not you. No, I'm just more cool about it. You know, I'm just like, I, I guess so. I, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, <laughs> if LeBron calls you as a rookie and you don't get starstruck, the- I guess, I guess no one's going to make you starstruck. Well, hopefully somebody does call you and you have a lot of great games here in the future. Carlos. I'm okay with my mom just calling me. Is telling your mom? Me okay. <laughs> the perfect answer yeah. he wants his mom to call him all right carlos thank you so much hopefully your mom calls you a lot this season after some big wins. thanks carlos <laughs> yeah no problem i think i really stumped carlos with that one because he really just is not a celebrity guy so i say like, hey that's totally fine you don't get starstruck you don't need a celebrity to call you you have your mom call you it's the best answer of all so good stuff from carlos hyde uh let's switch gears let's talk about the atlanta falcons D. Orlando Ledbetter, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He's been covering the team for a number of years, uh, pretty much all of, and especially all of Matt Ryan's career. When it all started with offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter, he's back with the team again this year in the same role with a much more veteran, much more experienced Matt Ryan. This week in the locker room, everybody was talking about Matt Ryan, uh, Deshaun Watson being a ball boy for the Falcons, and uh, the two teams facing each other. It's going to be a little bit of a homecoming I guess for Deshaun, it's Atlanta was very close to Gainesville, Georgia, where he grew up and where he went to high school. So he watched a lot of Falcons games. He was the ball boy for them. Uh, but let's talk about this Falcons team and what we can expect from them on Sunday. 
I love getting a chance to talk Falcons with you, but right now the Falcons are one and three. It's a through the quarter mark of the season. So uh, what's the biggest issue of this Falcons team? I was watching that Tennessee game and they were they were down pretty early and they they couldn't pull out the win. But how how do you think that the, the Falcons are going to address this and how do you think they hope to correct it moving forward for the rest of the year? Yeah, they started uh, sixty five to ten. They've trailed. Uh, and uh, their three losses at halftime by by three score margins, and uh, you know just the slow starts, the inability to execute at the beginning of games, uh, the inability to uh, uh, stop big plays and keep scores off the board. Uh, you know they got a, a what they believe to be a talented roster, but it has not performed or executed here early in the season, and that'll be their focus against Houston: uh, execute early, to come out of the gate with a great script and then try to stop uh, and keep the big plays from happening. We look at Matt Ryan. He's in year 12. Now, I remember watching him play in the Super Bowl here just a few years ago in Houston. Eight touchdowns, six interceptions, 93.1 rating. It looks pretty good on paper. Uh, how would you rate his performance through the first four games? Uh, it's been, uh, you know, the numbers look great, but he has not made plays when it mattered. Uh, you know, they did come back and beat Philly with a late touchdown pass to Julio. But they've gotten out of the gate slow. Uh, when they did, look like they had some momentum going. He's had uh, three really bad red zone interceptions to stall things out. Uh, you know, he's in uh, you know offense where they're taking away his deep receivers, and he's having to check down to everything. Uh, so the yards look good, but the uh, the teams have been able to rally up and uh, tackle the the receivers. So uh, his play, I would give him a C plus. All right, Dirk Cutter returns to Atlanta as the offensive coordinator. This is actually his second stint in Atlanta. Is it surprising that the offense has struggled so much when he was able to help them achieve so much earlier production-wise the first time he was in Atlanta? Yes, no, it is a uh, a little bit of a uh, surprise that they haven't got out of the gate clean offensively because it was the matrimony of Ryan and his old coordinator who – uh, got him to the NFC Championship game after the 12, 2012 season. But they have had uh, some problems. They tried to fix their offensive line in the draft and through free agency, and uh, the right guard position has been a revolving door. Uh, Chris Lindstrom has been hurt. He's out uh, on IR. And Jamin Brown, his replacement, is as a concussion and has went out of the game. Uh, then uh, Alex uh, excuse me, Alex Mack suffered an elbow injury, so they had to jumble that lineup again, and uh, uh, that was their problem last year. It led to their demise, and, and we're seeing those problems crop up here again in 2019. Yeah, it looks to affect the running game a little bit. De- Devontae Freeman, who uh, a few years back was just huge uh, in the run game on the ground. Fantasy owners were just loving him, and then last year he had the season-ending injury uh, he's doing things both on the ground and through the air. Do you do you think that he looks like he's back to 100%? How has he looked in his return, and how much of that is because of the issues with the offensive line? Yeah, the uh, line is, can do a little bit better. Uh, he does look back to me physically. He's shown the uh, speed when he's got in the open field on a couple screen plays and a dive to open up the game against the Colts. He was able to bust loose for 28. So he's got that burst still, and he can still make people miss. Uh, he's, there's some rust in his game because he, you know, only played two games last year. Uh, you can see where he's missing holes or making bad reads and stuff. So the instincts seem a little off, and that he'll need some flow uh, time to get back into the flow. 
but that's been the problem because the uh, they've fallen behind so far. Uh, Twenty-one to nothing at Minnesota, uh, twenty to three at Indianapolis, and then last week twenty-four to seven. It's all at before halftime, well before halftime. Uh, so at that point, you're abandoning the run, and, and you don't get to showcase Freeman's skills. You mentioned all the scores before halftime. I guess if I'm going to look at the positive. Uh, that Falcons defense has held opponents just 15 points in the fourth quarter. They've outscored opponents 33 to 15. Uh, what's happening in the fourth quarter that's given this team success that they hope to duplicate maybe a little early on? Well, you know, uh, in the first game, they got a couple garbage touchdowns late. You know, the game was over, and, uh, you know, they decided to score a couple touchdowns. So those were 12 points that didn't really matter. Uh, they did come back and against the Colts, uh, got the touchdowns, and they needed to stop twice. They got the touchdown twice to close within three uh, to at least force overtime, and the defense failed them there. So they were competitive in that one. And then this one here, they didn't even mount much of a rally. They came out uh, after halftime and uh, drove down and got a field goal, and uh, that was just about it for them. So, uh, you know, the only thing that's been happening there is they've been able to get some late stuff to Julio that, you know, they haven't been able to get to him earlier in the game. They kind of got to force feed Julio to get this thing going, maybe move him around, uh, you know, get him. They try to get him the ball on the reverse, uh, then throw the Calvin really off of Julio. All this other stuff, throwing the Hooper and Sanu is not going to beat anybody. Yeah, Julio Jones, I mean, he just looks outstanding. Four receiving touchdowns through four games. He's already got – two 100-yard receiving performances already. He's in year nine. You've covered him his whole career. What really stands out to you covering him all this time? What What is it about Julio that makes him so hard to cover? Well, it's this combination of his speed and athletic ability. Uh, you know, and the hands have been pretty good, too. He can get going real, real fast, and then you got to honor his speed, and then he'll break a route off and uh, be wide open. And the timing between him and Matt is usually uh, – pretty good so they know each other they've uh, uh they know where he's gonna they know where each other wants you know he wants ryan knows where he wants him to be and julio knows how to get there so uh you know over the years that's really worked to their benefit but uh you know here early uh they've been getting a lot of garbage yardage all right this week the falcons made a trade with the eagles for safety jonathan cyprian what can you tell us about the trade what went into that was that a surprise or were you looking to see them sort of fortify the backfield there? Well, they uh, they, they were hurt back there. J.J. Wilcox was hurt on the first day of training camp. And then against the Colts, Keanu Neal suffered an Achilles injury in the end zone. So he was there in the box safety who helped in run support. Uh, they didn't have a, a good replacement, so they went and signed, uh, you know, traded for Jonathan Ciprian, who's a, a box safety, played at Jacksonville and Tennessee, uh, was with the Eagles this year. And they're hoping he can come in and, and fortify their run defense. He uh, uh, started 70 games in the league, known as a hard hitter and a good tackler. Uh, it's not going to cover anybody, but uh, he can help you in the run defense, and that's what they needed. Uh, with Keanu Neal being out, he was their enforcer on the defensive side of the football. All right, Daryl, what are some of the top storylines you'll be covering this week for the Falcons as they get ready to face the Texans? Well, the high-powered, alleged high-powered offense is only scoring 17 points a game. Want to know how they can get into the end zone, how they can start faster. 
uh, you know, I'm going to go back and look at uh, Dirk Cutter in 2012 and see how many he scored on his opening drives versus going 0 for 4 this season. Uh, you know, that'll be opening drives and drive starts. Uh, then how the Falcons going to block J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. Man, that, uh, that uh, you know, that Texas front, the uh, Houston front looks uh, formidable to uh, us Falcons fans who've uh, seen the uh, – or the, the Falcons fans who've seen the, the offensive line struggle. So, those, and, of course, Deshaun Watson, local kid from Gainesville, Georgia, up here. Uh, we'll try to put the best story we can together uh, about Deshaun for our Sunday readers. Yeah, I do remember Deshaun Watson saying early on that that was – this is definitely one of the games he's looking forward to, being from the Atlanta area, getting to face – the team that he grew up playing, and then Matt Ryan. Wasn't he a ball boy for Matt Ryan back in the day? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. I used to see him out there at uh, practice uh, taking care of the balls for Matt and uh, running around with his uh, towel, uh, making sure that uh, all the balls were, were good and, and ready for the quarterback. I'm sure that's going to come up this week when we talk to Deshaun Watson. All right, good stuff. Dar- D. Orlando Ledbetter, Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Always a pleasure, Daryl, and uh, we'll talk soon. Great. Thanks for having me. All right, and there you have it. The Texans take on the Atlanta Falcons this Sunday at NRG Stadium. The Ring of Honor ceremony for the late Bob McNair happens at halftime. And a special announcement, if you are not at the game and you want to see the Ring of Honor ceremony, you can stream it live on HoustonTexans.com. We've actually got that going for all everyone that wants to watch that and a lot of great memories. Mark Vandermeer will be on the field with the presentation, as will Andre Johnson, who is the inaugural member of the Texans Ring of Honor. So a very special moment for the Texans. I know this is a very important game for all of them. Every game is important, but this one especially as they honor Bob McNair in Sunday's game. And October 6th, every year from here on out, Founders Day. And the Texans complete a service project in his honor because Mr. McNair was so dedicated to philanthropy across the city and uh, in his home state of South Carolina as well. So that's going to do it for our podcast. Hope you've had a great week and uh, you enjoyed it. You can follow me at Deep Slant on Twitter. And I'm going to sign off. Uh, So thank you as always for listening. And as always, go Texans.